Good evening, everybody. Helen Hayden here again. I suppose a lot of you out there might be wondering, because of the colour of my skin, why I'm so interested in the Aboriginal culture and heritage. And that is because I am an Aboriginal woman. I am an Aboriginal And my country is the New England. Malloy country, Gomorrah lands, Tinga. My totem is the echidna. My family totem is a koala. My personal totem is a magpie. What that means with totems means they're the animals I can't eat and I must look after them. So that is my purpose, is to make sure they are protected. My father had a very hard life, being raised by his dad and his stepmom. He was very racist and it's taken him a lifetime to come to terms with who he is. I was pretty lucky because I had my beautiful grandmother and she taught me a lot and told me to be proud of my heritage. And my lovely great-grandmother, Nana McGann, she married my great-grandfather, Ernest South, who was her first husband. And he sadly was run over by a car when he was riding a bicycle age 33. So she was widowed very young in life. My great grandfather was the son of my third great grandmother's son. And my third great grandmother was Susan Brady, also known as Hill. She died as My That's my country. I have a kinship connection through my third great grandmother on the Hayden side, and she she was a queen. And she married Henry Hayden, who was her second partner after her first husband, And her children are connected to the Warren branch of the Wiradjuri people from Wellington, Tapaka people. And that is where my Riley connection and my kinship connection is on that side of my family. So I am on part of kinship land. Oberon is a meeting place and this is where people traded. 
I want to see over on hand a cultural heritage centre at its common in Bushwick Gardens. I'd like to see a compass of four posts to the east, to the north, to the south, and to the west, all painted with depictions of that country's people, Wiradjuri to the west, the Gandagara to the east, I think that's the least that can be done because we are rich in culture and heritage. Anyway, I'd like to explain about um, dreaming. A lot of people say, What is the dreaming? What is the dream time? Is that just a magical story? It's a description. Well, dream time is how our people understand the world. It's creation and the stories which are laws. The dream is the beginning and that's been passed down through generations for more than 65,000 years. The Dreamtime world is the old time of our ancestors and the first beings. The stories teach the children about their ancestors, the spirit world, and it teaches about our place in the world, where we come from, what our journey is, not to do bad. And our stories are oral. It's an oral history. Sometimes the stories can be found as carvings. My people did mostly carvings. Some painting, but carvings. Down around southern parts and the western parts you find there's a lot of painting and artwork and then the carvings in various places but it's really important in our culture to continue to explain how our people came about so that our children and our children's children have a sense of identity. 
Relationships, activities, ceremony, and art. Um, dreaming is a culture, it is like a religion, bigger, it's far bigger than any religion. This is our mother. This earth is our mother. We have to protect her. Every living person has that task. And in the dreaming and the totemic system, everyone is given a totem, and that's a purpose. It's, it's really important to the whole ecology of our culture, our, na our, our nations. And it's been happening for 65,000 years, longer than any society known to man. We can't lose this. And, the more people that start to acknowledge and be proud of their heritage and be proud of who they are and pass on what they know to the next generation. Just like the dreaming things change fractionally. But the emphasis is on the doing good and the protecting. Repercussions is wrong choices. But it's extremely important. I could say some of the stories are like fairy tales that Europeans tell children. You could relate a story from the dreaming, from our dream time and our old histories. You could say some of them are like the story of the three little pigs. There's a moral to the stories and they're very important. Very important. And sometimes while telling stories it, it entertains as well. But our dream time stories part of our culture, it's a part of our belief system and it's extremely important. Anyway, I would like to tell you a story now about Durawunan and Durawun. That's our Karawun and Magpie. This is a fun 
shocking story. Very, very long time ago, one and the people of the Raven became very worried. There had not been any rain from the time of the blooming of the Bukarikrim to the time of the blooming of the curling. The creeks and the rivers were drying up and even some of the deepest waterholes were becoming shallow enough for children to walk across. At night, the earth sang a song of thirst, pleading for water to soothe the parched skin. Often, the people of the raven would look at the skies, watching and hoping that the cloud spirits will come and deliver the burden of rain. But the skies remain blue and cloudless. The people of the raven went to Gurichiribun, the people of the lyrebird, to seek their advice, but found they too were suffering from the lack of rain. Although their sweet water came from the earth herself and not from the sky like other people's, the people of the lyrebird were kind to the people of the raven and they invited them to take as much of the sweet water as they needed. The people of the raven asked why the people of the lyrebird were so kind when other people refused to help them. The people of the lyrebird said that a long time ago people of the raven provided their black leathered cloaks to the children of the mulga, the black swan, and providing the sweet water was repayment of a kindred. Some of the clans of the people of the raven heard this and wondered. Durawanan, the Karawan clan and Dirawan, the Magpie clan, called a meeting to discuss how the people of the Raven had saved them during the first time of great cold and how that kin had never been repaid. So it was decided that the Karawan clan would seek the cloud spirits, whilst the Magpie clan would sing a song that would guide the Karawan clan back to their homeland. After many adventures, the Karawan clan found the cloud spirits frolicking on top of the highest mountain and with some trepidation they climbed the mountain and explained to the cloud spirits that the earth was thirsty. It needed rain and unless they came, so many people died. The cloud spirits replied that they were having too much fun and refused to follow the Karawaks. One of the Karawaks, a very tall, strong warrior, 
captured one of the cloud spirits in a net woven by the women of his people. He threw the ends of the net down over the other members of his clown and together they forced the cloud spirit to travel towards their home. Despite the grumblings of the cloud spirit, the Karawan clan were able to hear a special song of the magpie clan, which guided their path home. The other cloud spirits followed the imprisoned cloud spirit out of curiosity. And when they saw how parched the earth was, they cried and dropped their rain on the thirsty mother earth. Soon the rivers and the creeks began to run again and the water holes filled up. The earth sang a song of happiness as the rain fell and the people of the raven danced all in rain. And this is why when the carolings fly high in the sky and the magpies sing their special song. Rain always comes. Thanks, everyone. I hope you enjoyed that story. The kids always love that one.